Hello, how are you doing? My name is Chris A. Matthews, and I'd like to welcome you to the Marriage Underdog Radio Show podcast. And I am extremely excited about our episode today. We have, in fact, in my opinion, the most prestigious guest in the show's history. I'm going to introduce you all to Dr. Anthony Chambers, who is a board-certified couple and family psychologist and the director for the Center of Applied Psychological and Family Studies at Northwestern University. Dr. Chambers, I'm just so glad to have you on, man. Thank you so much. I know you're a busy guy, so just I just want to continue to um, share my appreciation for you taking time to be on the show. Oh, it's, it's my pleasure. And thank you for that extremely generous introduction. I'm not sure if I deserve it, but I appreciate your kind words. Yeah, well, you know, we, we met, I actually met you um, last year, you were hosting a training for the American Association of Marriage and Family Therapy. And the information was outstanding, was phenomenal, but to see someone that looks like me in this work, and that's really where I want to start. Can you share what led you into the field of working with couples and families? Because as a black man, you know, it's not a lot of us in this field. No, that's where we are very underrepresented. Um, and unfortunately, you and I were just talking about how you and I are kind of like unicorns. Right. There's just aren't a, a whole lot of us. But, you know, yeah, I got into the field. So I went to uh, Hampton University, Historically Black College and University. HBCU. And when I was at HBCU, and while I was there, I remember uh, getting all of these statistics about all the problems facing African-Americans. And, you know, it was just one thing after another. And one of the things that I kept thinking about was a lot of those stats did not apply to me or to my brother. Mm -hmm. And so I was wondering what was uh, what's behind that. And I started to come up with two things. One, education. Both my parents really valued education. They really focused on that for my brother and I. So I think that was a real important piece. But the other was family. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I grew up with my mom and dad. They're still married. They just celebrated a couple years ago, 50 years. Uh, Congratulations. 50 wow. years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they are long timers here. And, you know, yeah. growing up in that environment, I think my brother and I just you know, we really reap the benefits, to be very honest, of being able to grow up in that kind of a loving two-parent household. And so at that point, a light bulb just sort of went off for me and said, you know what, I really want to be able to, to focus on families. I think if we can be able to help strengthen our families as well as with education, uh, we're just going to be in, in a much better place for being able to make a difference, a positive difference in the world. And so, uh, that, so that was really, the, I would say, the the etiology that really sort of, you know, where all this got started. The yeah. other part that I'll say is that when I was in graduate school, uh, so I started off thinking about the entire family. So I was working with kids and doing, you know, and working a lot with uh, the parents subsystem and things along those lines. But one of the things I realized when working with kids in the entire family was that most of the kids were just responding or reacting to what they saw or didn't see in their parents' relationship. Mm, um, exactly, exactly. And so then all of a sudden, another light bulb went off for me in grad school. Like, you know what? If I can focus on the couple relationship, that's going to have such a positive impact across the family system. And so the combination of those two things is sort of, I think, really why I'm sitting here today with you and being able to talk about a favorite topic of mine, which is around anything doing with couples and relationships. Wow. I'm so glad you shared that. And I saw so many commonalities in your story because I, too, had the privilege of being raised with, for the most part, my parents eventually did divorce. But for most of my childhood and adolescence, they were together. And there was a lot of a love toward us, maybe not as much toward each other at times. But for the most part, I do understand the value in having grandfather, grandparents and uncles and aunts That's who right. 
demonstrated healthy marriages. And now when you think about today, the divorce rate, it kind of fluctuates. Some, some literature says 50, some says 48. Uh, we also have to account for COVID. But what would you say are the most current pressing issues that couples face now in relationships? Well, you know, I, I, that's a, it's a great question. I mean, there's sort of a couple different ways that I think we can look at it. So one that's sort of more sort of what's happening today that maybe wasn't happening as much yesterday, technology um, mm -hmm. is a big one. Um, you know, there are there is not a, you know, a week that goes by that I'm not talking to couples about the impact of technology, whether mm -hmm. it's sort of the technology and that being a constraint for them being able to have good communication and connection, uh, or whether that was unfortunately about um, infidelity um, and things that came up with technology. That was, you know, it, it's, it's such a a big issue uh, these days. And I don't think we've really figured out as much that sort of how do we make use of this technology in a productive way for our relationships? Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, there's been a lot of, it's been a big constraint for a lot of couples. I would say it's probably the the biggest piece that's there. But then again, you know, some of the basic ones that have really sort of, uh, uh, you know, cut across time, uh, you know, communication becomes an issue, fidelity is an issue. Uh, how do we stay connected in an intimate relationship and not having like technology or other things that get in the way? We have all so many Many things that are pulling at us that how do we make sure that we protect and nurture our relationships man i agree with you wholeheartedly i know in my own marriage i tell my wife at nine o'clock after we get the kids down we plug in the cell phones then we plug into each other there you go that's been very helpful <laughs> right and uh you know when you think about infidelity as, as a couples counselor as well who predominantly only treats couples i mean when i look at my caseloads one out of every three couples is some type of infidelity. And it's not always sexual. It could yep. be emotional yep. because this term, and I don't particularly like the term, they call it work wife, work husband. And, you know, so because a lot of infidelity stems from the workplace or yep. people, you know, most, most uh, interactions are not with strangers. They're with people That's right. that you're interacting with daily. Uh, so because on our show, the title is marriage underdogs, we target, two populations for those that are listening for the first time. We love to have people on like Dr. Chambers who are experts, but we also host couples who will share stories about hardships in their marriage and how they overcame them. So I always like to ask our experts for some tips that you could offer couples that may be contemplating divorce and they're counted out, they're counted down and they're in that tough marital season and they're marriage underdogs. What could you share for those couples listening? Great question. A couple things. One, the grass is not always greener on the other side. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's something that we have to be. It sounds like cliche, but there's a lot of truth in it. You know, um, you know, the divorce rate, as you just said, is around 50 percent, maybe just under 50 percent for first marriages. For second marriages, it's about 75 percent. Mm. And if you put step families in there, it's about 80 percent. Wow. And so, you know, that divorce rate is not like all of a sudden you're going to leave this person and your odds get better of having a long-term relationship. They actually get worse. And so I think one of the things that we have to be able to do is instead of thinking about the grass is greener on the other side, make sure we're watering our own grass. Let's make sure that we are focusing on our relationships and doing everything that we can to be able to plug into that. Related to that is making sure that you are not just thinking that the problem is all your partner. 
that you have to be able to turn the mirror on yourself as well. And being able to, if you're in a difficult spot for both members of the couple to be able to see, hopefully as an opportunity to say, okay, what is my contribution and what can I do better and differently? Because change is hard, but to think you're gonna just change another human being is almost near impossible. So focus on trying to change yourself. Try to focus on doing what are the things that you can do to show up better in this relationship. And if both of you are willing to do that, and oftentimes that means getting professional help. Um, you know, not, you know, not being, you know, we get help for anything from a business to if we have a health issue, we get consulted, we get experts. It's the same thing. You know, this is an opportunity to be able to nurture a primary investment, uh, which is, you know, your marriage and your family. And so being able to make sure that you uh, follow through that, I think, can really go a long way. Absolutely, man. I love everything you're saying. And even in my work with couples, I tell them the best way to clean dirty water it's not just dumping everything out, but pouring new clean water in. There you go. Love it. That's right. That's right. And that looks like checking yourself. And, you know, something else I tell couples, I'll share with them. The goal should be to divorce blame and marry accountability. There you go. When both people do that. You have a system that's functioning on all cylinders. Uh, so I want to ask you this question. And this is something we've talked about in prior conversations. And you mentioned how there's essentially a public health risk right now for couples. And that's because there's so many people online or just in small communities who have a good heart maybe, but they're operating as counselors or coaches that don't have any training. Can you talk about why and how that's harmful? Because if I'm a couple and there may be a seasoned couple that's going through something. I, I value their experience and I want to seek out their knowledge. But when do those lines blur or get crossed? And uh, can you share with the listeners why it's not always a great decision just to let any and everybody into your marriage? No, I love that question. You and I have talked about that. You know, it's um, just like anything else, we wouldn't go and get all of our medical advice just from someone else who all of a sudden, you know, had some medical, a similar medical issue. They might have tell us their experience, but we're going to go to the doctor. We're going to go and get the help that we need um, and get the medicines and what have you to be able to make sure that we're, you know, treated well. Um, right. And it's the same thing in a relationship that, you know, a lot of people are very well intended, but every relationship is different. Mm. Um, there is a lot of nuances in relationships and, you know, you can unintentionally you know, do some harm by being able to just sort of focus on, okay, I'm giving this person advice. And that person says, okay, great, I'm going to try to incorporate that into my relationship. You know, more times than not, unfortunately, even though it's well-intended, it's going to fall short. Mm -hmm. um, family members, uh, friends, they only see, or they're seeing one side of the issue disproportionately, right? They're, you know, they're, they're talking to you and they're saying, hey, here's what I think you might need to do, but they don't understand all of the complexities. They don't understand all of the different pieces. And it's no one's fault. It's just that you don't have complete information. And so, you know, it's one of those things where I think the best thing that we can do to support is to be able to encourage our family and friends and loved ones. Hey, you've been going through this. Hey, you know what? I know relationships can be tough. Try to hang in there. You know what? Why don't you go maybe get you know, and see a counselor um, and see someone to be able to help? We know from the literature that 70% of couples who go into couple therapy get better. Um, that's, a, that's, a, that's a high percentage. Um, so before you just start to go and go down that path of saying, hey, this isn't going to work or what have you, 
Get someone who's qualified, who has seen, who's been, who's received supervised experiences in treating couples, who knows uh, what they're doing, and the good chance that you're going to come out in a better place and that your relationship is going to be stronger for, as a result. I'm hearing you talk about the supervision, and I'm glad you mentioned that because there are coaching programs that offer supervision. Can you talk a little bit more about the supervision component when you are gaining that training and why that's important? Yeah, you know, so, you know, treating individuals is different than treating couples. And most therapists, for that matter, have received training in how to be able to treat individuals. But not everyone has received training on how to be able to treat couples. And so I always tell uh, when anyone, someone's asking me, hey, how do I find a good couples therapist? Make sure that not only do they have the credentials, but they've received that kind of, you know, supervised experience uh, because they're going to be in a better place to be able to help you. Um, you know, if you try to take an individual paradigm and apply it to a relationship, again, you're going to have a lot of unintended negative consequences. And a lot of people do couples therapy. They'll put it on their website, under bio. Hey, yeah, I'll treat couples because it's, it's the most common reason, actually, why people go into therapy is because problems in their relationships. Mm -hmm. So a lot of therapists have that there, but not everyone has received the actual academic or supervised training in being able to work with couples. So I always tell couples, please make sure that you're uh, interviewing and talking to the folks. Hey, how, what percentage of your practice is couples? What kind of training have you had? Um, that goes a long ways for being able to be assured that, okay, uh, this is a couple therapist who's going to be able to provide you with the right kind of knowledge and has the right expertise to be able to help you. And this is such great information. And to your point, that was the reason why I chose to go and get a master's in marriage and family therapy, because LMFTs, licensed marriage and family therapists, are required to have so many hours of supervised training working right. with couples and families. And that's not always the case, like you mentioned. And then when you think about a coach, usually when people seek out relationship help, they're going toward a counselor originally. So I would ask people, if you go get a coach, ask that coach how many people they've serviced. Ask that coach what type of training they got and look beyond just their personal experiences. Because what I'm hearing you say is that all relationships are different and they may just give you information based on what they use, but it may not be applicable to what you're dealing with in your own relationship. That's ex very well said. Any good therapist is not giving feedback that's based on their own personal marriage. I'm not talking to couples and saying, hey, this is what my wife and I do, so you should do it. This is about being able to, you know, giving uh, expert and knowledge and being able to tailor it to that specific couple and being able to help them to have the best version of their relationship they could possibly have. Absolutely. Oh, man, this has been phenomenal. I, like I said at the top of the call, I'm just so thankful for the opportunity to have you on our show. Is there anything else you would like to share with our listeners about any projects you have going on or how they can also find information about um, some? I know you recently just were published in Time magazine. So you have a lot of different, um, excuse me, New York, New York Times. Was that right? Yeah, New York yeah, Times. Yeah. Apologize. But um, I wanted just to give you the floor to share about how couples can get access to all the amazing literature you've disseminated and just to, um, you know, contact you. I know you're out of the Chicago area, if I'm not mistaken. So yep, that's right. That's right. Please, please share your information so people can get in contact with you and follow you. 
Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so I'm at the Family Institute at Northwestern University. Um, you can go to our website, family-institute.org, and you'll find not only myself, but we have a lot of great therapists um, and a lot of our therapists who have received that specialized training in working with couples and families. Um, and so if you're in distress and you're looking for some help and you're in the Chicagoland area, uh, please make sure that you uh, take a look um, at, our, at the resources that we have. Because also on our website, we have also just a lot of just great articles and uh, white papers and you know things that people can actually download and use as well as information uh, different videos and things that we have actually done over the years so please visit our website hopefully it's a great resource uh for the for your listeners uh but thank you so much for this opportunity today i've uh, I, as i mentioned to you when you and i first met i love the fact that there's another black man who's out there doing this work um mm -hmm. and passionate uh and the, the, uh, disseminating the right knowledge and information so so proud to be able of you and all the work that you're doing and just grateful and thankful uh, for our connection and for having me here today on your radio show. Absolutely, man. It means the world to me that you were able to find time to come on. And um, for those that are listening, I'm really glad that you tuned in. My name is Chris A. Matthews, and you just got done listening to the Marriage Underdog radio show. <laughs>